Hello guys and welcome to a brand new episode of Injury Time and this time around we are going live like we told you on our recent Twitter post and everywhere else that you follow us Instagram and other places Sandeep is with me on the show hi Sandeep Hello hey man how are you I'm good I'm good Great. I think so you should I... talk at a lower register because it's uh, audio okay. I think I should yeah, I should be I should mellow down a bit that is what Sandeep said <laughs> so sure. we'll we'll be having Abreshuna and Shlok also join us in a while. Uh, we should we wait for them or should we continue? I think we should continue, right? We can yeah. we can get get them in as soon as uh, they are on board. Well, Sandeep, uh, like we have told our listeners, it's about the Indian national team and their performance at the recently concluded FIFA World Cup qualifiers, the second round of the joint qualification. Mm, a mixed bag, to say the least, or do you assess it in a different way? Uh, yeah, I think it's, I mean, like uh, Floyd Pinto said, coach at FP, he said uh, before the Afghanistan game at the end of the group, in the beginning of the group, if you had said top three, maybe we would have taken it. But uh, at the end of the day, I, I feel slightly disappointed by the overall performance because, I mean, we could have been uh, a closer second, I mean, closer to second than like this, right? Because we had one win out of four games against Bangladesh and Afghanistan. So, it's a little bit disappointing on that, for sure. Alright, Shlok has joined us. Hey, Shlok, how are you? Training in All Bombay? Good. Yeah, it's raining out here. Yeah. All good, dude. Doing good. So, we just uh, we just kicked off and we were discussing the three matches and overall the campaign that India had at the World Cup qualifiers, right? Uh, when you, Like Sandeep said, when the campaign started, if you were to say that India will finish third, every Indian fan, everyone who is involved with Indian football at some capacity or the, or the other, would have taken it. Yeah. But the manner in which uh, they, they finished third and the amount of points that they uh, they got in the second round qualification is something that is a little hard to digest, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Um, this is this is what we've been seeing on social media as well, right? Like um, certain people throwing around, oh, as compared to our previous World Cup qualifiers, we've scored this many percentage of goals more, or we've got this many points more, so it's better than what Constantine did. And But we have to take these things in context because drawing to Bangladesh, drawing to Afghanistan, and the ways that we drew, you know, scoring set pieces at the last moment, you know, that's not really the way we want things to happen, right? So it's, it's very easy to take these results out of context and just say that, oh, okay, we've statistically done, like, better than we had done earlier. But that's definitely not the whole case. We should have done a lot better. I think we should have been contending for second with Oman, given the team that we had. But we, we were just miles off them, actually. Well, before we move on, listeners, here's a small reminder. You can drop in your questions on wherever you're watching it. And you guys have already shared a few questions. So we'll be taking it up as we go about our discussion today. Sandeep, Slok spoke about how India should have been contending for that second spot against Oman. But in the past conversations that you and me have had, uh, that's not something that you have agreed upon. You still think Oman is a rubber to a bow where India is today? Or have you changed? No, no. Have, is there a change in thought? No, no. I always think you can compete with Oman. Yeah. I mean, not that they can win. Let's say they play 10 games. They're not going to win like 8 games. Yeah. But in that uh, one on the day, I think, uh, especially coming off the high that we had after the Asian Cup, and then go moving on to the high that we had with uh, you know Oman in the first game, Qatar in the first game. So there was that momentum going on that okay India was sort of it looked like we were reaching, and uh, that's what you want to do right when you're going to incrementally climb. Nobody's going to just suddenly become uh, the top five team in Asia. So right now we are maybe outside top sixteen. So we need to move up to top uh, top sixteen, then top eight, I mean top you know slowly 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 have to go up. So in that sense, I thought maybe because of all the momentum coming in, you could have done better. But then we had uh, a draw in Afghanistan, a draw against Bangladesh at home, which sort of took the wind out of the sail, so to speak. And after that, we never really kicked on. I I mean, obviously, there was a pandemic in between. There was a long break and things like that. But that happened everywhere. So I'm not going to sit to the excuse that the pandemic disrupted uh, the preparations because it was disrupted everywhere. Yeah. And Bangladesh even cancelled their league. India was thankfully never had to cancel even a season. We had full seasons in the first and second divisions. So that way, if it look at it, yeah, it's slightly disappointing. I thought they could compete, fight with the team, 
maybe nick a draw because we saw we could do that but uh, unfortunately that's not the way it worked out people can say maybe it's a style of play how we want to play and uh, moving away from how we used to play you know all those kind of things but at the end of the day i have some uh, numbers here like syria top group a ஒன்ஸ்ட்டி and we have not at the same time uzbekistan is second in group d with 15 points tajikistan is also second with 13 points kyrgyzstan has 10 points these are teams that india has played maybe we play against them in the youth division and compete well or kyrgyzstan india beat them in bangalore i think uh, in the last cycle then right, vietnam one big goal right yeah the chetri amazing goal uh, vietnam has 17 points uh, malaysia thailand have 12 9 points in group g so our competitors are doing well that we should not be sitting here and talking saying you know uh, oh we are sort of okay we are beating nepal bangladesh things we should be moving up that's 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 what i would say all right abreshuna joined us hey abreshuna really sorry guys it took me some time to figure out how to get your all right it's a, it's a new platform i'll give it to you it's a new platform <laughs> <laughs> well abresh mera we do we, we have been talking about uh, india's performance at the recently concluded world cup qualifiers right and like i mentioned earlier in the show if at the start of this campaign in 2019 if you were to tell any indian fan any indian football fan or anyone who's involved with indian football in any capacity that this team will finish third you would have taken it yeah yeah but what's really really difficult to digest at this moment in time is the way in the manner in which it has gone about their business to finish third absolutely it's true i mean um, finishing third was something given uh, the group that uh, we had it was something that uh, say it was on, so sort of on the expected lines and stuff because of the group that we had uh, but if you uh, see the way india played and everything uh, Yes, results are important to get results and everything, but there also has to be some sort of, um, you know, uh, some tactics or some sort of play that you see on the field that gives you hope for winning the qualifiers or when you play. So, uh, sort of, uh, because of the India that looks a uh, slightly difficult as to how India would cure on. which is why uh, all the questions are being raised it's not about uh, being uh, like uh, being uh, sad about uh, in that india oh india did not play well and just qualified and stuff but it's about how you see things going forward right shlok uh, just taking on that conversation from there uh, what abreshmina said and what sandeep mentioned in the past competitors that india were india have been competing at the afc level guys have gone ahead and that is not something that you should take easily right absolutely not because again we saw uh, what happened with vietnam right and um even what was that country turkmenistan i think yeah uh the way they're performing on levels of club football on levels of you know uh, national team it's they've gone ahead of us and it's not like we don't have the resources we have the population so there is talent per se right there is money as well there's so much money being put into the league put some into grassroots as well and we can do it there's nothing stopping us from doing it apart from corruption and laziness i suppose so um <laughs> I, there's there's no excuses for that you know we should be doing better in in all aspects really if if it was something where there was like okay you know we're losing against bigger nations but you know we're like we're plateauing essentially then that's still understandable but we've actually regressed you know 5 years 4 5 years ago i don't think we would have lost uh, we would have drawn with bangladesh or you know drawn with afghanistan in the manner that we are so it's it's unacceptable honestly all right sandeep this brings us to the next question uh all this expectations the rise in expectations are largely because of the way india played in the fag end of the constantine second era right 
there were draws against say a jordan then china an away draw against china then that performance at the asian cup you expected the team to build on that and carry on from there on and the initial phase the kings cup showed some glimpses okay the things might be on a right track there might be an upward climb from here but then all of a sudden everything fell down what would you put pin this on like what is, what went wrong for this team i think it's difficult to pin something uh, as a turning point right so when they first came uh, they went to uh, i think what is it kings cup and they beat thailand and we had beaten thailand i think 4-1 or 4-2 in the asian cup but i think this was like a 1-0 win or something like that thapa i think was the scorer but subsequently it was a long stretch of draws if i am not mistaken and uh, losses also but again that's like teams like oman and things so it just i i don't know i personally i've always thought uh, as a national team coach your biggest thing has to be look at the resources that you have and then play the way the resources allow you to play as opposed to maybe uh, coming in and deciding to play a certain different manner so we often see this with the uh, with the club teams where a coach comes like a roka comes or a, or a juan fernando comes or whoever manolo marquez whoever it is and habas they all come in they want to play a certain way they get the players that they want from india they fill up the blanks with uh, the europe foreign players who can play the way they want to play so that's okay in club level but in country you only have so many especially when you have sort of uh, said that isl is the one that i'm going to choose from and i league and everything else is sort of not something that is taken into consideration so like you had a glan last year playing in church uh, in christian match said that he had seen glan in church but it took him a year later after good performances in an isl team for him to make it which i'm fine with but uh, the thing that differently constantine did differently was to go down and find players who are not playing in the top division and then give them a chance and then use that platform to slowly build them some of them fell off to the wayside some he kept faith in even when we didn't have faith in like you you remember the fight i had with constantine about tokesim uh, hoike at that time and he was not picking him so whatever that may be it's it is what it is but you build a team and then go so now i honestly now think we have a core set of players like you can look at india team and say okay these 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 guys will start the two center backs uh, probably a couple of midfielders sunil up front probably a winger as well so all these positions are done now i mean i'm not a stimach out guy or a stimach in guy whatever happens to him happens to him i don't care either way but either of them like we have a core group now hopefully like the constantine gave this guy a built team a relatively young built team there was old players but relatively young team so hopefully whoever picks up from now because for a while now india is not going to play anything so whoever picks it up from now has to go on and uh, build the team from here i think we lost it in transition i think this thing of india being always in transition and you know always changing players all the time i don't get it like it's a four year thing you build for the first two or two years and then play with them for the next two years and then keep the best players on there the young ones on there and the old ones will be phased out and move on they're still talking about sunil chetri as the only guaranteed goal scorer which is remarkable for sunil but, yeah, but uh, not, not so much for the indian team yeah yeah so so very lack right counting on him and and thank god he delivers i like at the at the end of sunil's uh, you know career you know what we'll say we won't say like we'll say uh, this guy baichung was a great uh, you know brave goal scorer this guy uh, ayam vijayan was a great player the best player in the team sunil will be the guy who carried the team on his back year in year out he was the only player i mean i'm not saying to say he's the only player he's the difference maker correct like we have players who can do a job but he is the one guy who you will guarantee right and say okay this guy he has 10 bad games i don't care because on the 11th one i am sure that he will deliver right but the rest of them you can't uh, thank like that so thank right. god for sunil chetri <laughs> <laughs> really thank god for sunil chetri guys uh, something that sandeep mentioned here was losing in transition and that more or less is a blame that the coach needs to take right the new coach was coming in it is his responsibility to carry on from what the older guy did the guy before his predecessor did and carry on and build on that going ahead 
This brings me to one of our listeners' questions that came on Twitter. I'll just flash it here. This question is from Satish and he wants to know, can someone please explain what Stimaj is trying to do? Anyone can answer this question. I won't, I won't put, it, put it on someone. Anyone can answer this question. Uh, yeah, okay. I, I feel uh, everyone is sort of confused about that. But what he's trying to do is uh, trying to uh, make the team play the European way. Uh, quote-unquote, uh, the style of play that we uh, sort of see in the ISL. Uh, he's trying to make the national team play like that. He wants the team to look, uh, uh, how do you call it, like look fla- a bit flashy, look a bit... Uh, sort of the entertaining European football that uh, we are used to seeing during you know your club season. So what he's trying to do is get the team uh, to play like that uh, but uh, without actually kind of realizing that you uh, don't really have uh, the set of players to completely execute that. I won't say, in terms of uh, when we talk about regression on the uh, development or advancement of the team, we actually do have uh, players who say who can keep the ball and who can play very well with the ball. And actually, we do have a few players who are probably good than the previous generation. We do have a lot of good players. But when it comes to putting them all in one unit and making them play uh, with the ball for, I, I think I've been we've been talking about this for the longest time that essentially if you want to play a style of football which starts, uh, which is about keeping the ball, it starts from the defense and very clearly seeing the opponent specifically that Sandeep Singhan is not very comfortable on the ball. He would hoof the ball every opportunity he gets. So, you don't have a... He's a defender who can, like, you know, who can probably... uh, Defend. ...ball away, who can put the ball away, who can hold his position. Because of his physicality and everything, he can probably, uh, you know, hold off uh, the opposition striker and everything. But he's not somebody who's very comfortable with the ball. So, how do you start a move like that? You can't always have a Sana Singh being there and being very cool on the ball. I mean, yes, Sana is a ball-playing defender and everything. He's improved a lot in the past couple of years. But uh, you can't expect him to have a cool head all the time. He is also still in the development stage where he is learning to do that. So, you you don't really have defenders who can, who can do that. You can start from the back. So, why do you insist on having that style of uh, football is something that is confusing everyone? Well, um, as you said, he's adopting from Europe. I think what he does is he just takes the formation of the Champions League winner and then he plugs it with the national team. 2019, 20, 4 2 3 1. 2020, 21, we go 3 5 2. <laughs> Next year, whatever we see, he's going to put that in. No tactics, just vibes. To, like, <laughs> <laughs> well, a bit of, bit of a Sandesh, like, at least to me, he looks like a Hollywood defender, guy who's really good on the camera with all his last, last ditch attempts where people fail to realize that he has to do that because he's a bit slow or he doesn't read the move pretty clearly, isn't it, guys? But he does defend. That's yeah, yeah of course. He does defend. He may not be the ball-playing defender you want. So, you need to have contingencies for that. Like, uh, there were a time, you remember when you were playing against Guam and I asked uh, Stephen Constantine, like, why do Indians keep hoofing the ball when under no pressure? And I don't mind if you hoof it to the centre-forward and he can't get it. But to hoof it to the other side of the flank where there's nobody and the wing-back walks and retrieves it is just ridiculous. Yeah, and then he said, I didn't tell them to do it. But that is unacceptable for me. If you are a coach, you tell them, do not do it. Correct. If you want them to play. So, obviously, that's the way they wanted to play. And we saw in, in you know, uh, Constantine's era that that is how they wanted to play. Right. So, they couldn't hoof it in the right direction is all in that few instances. Mm-hmm. So, now if you want to pass and move, like Slok said during the last spaces we had, now we know Sana is a ball-carrying midfielder. He's a he's your main ball handler if Apuya is not there. So, it's easy to press him. Like, you can press him. And uh, force him to pass to Sandesh and then you know that either you're going to get the ball or he's going to lose the ball. So, there is that also, right? You can pass it to the wing-backs or something. Right. He will be forced to make decisions. Mm-hmm. So, maybe it will 
effective if you don't play in a way that you know sort of fits your whole team well there's one of our uh, listeners are joining us live uh, coming out and saying that they are not playing together regularly and there is no cohesion but isn't that the problem with every single national team you don't get enough time to play together when it is the national team there's only a few instances of you say a week long camp where you play together but you have to put things together then okay he mentioned also about fernando's fc goa so let me tell you how he coaches the players fernando actually gives them before at the start of the training session he goes and tells them this is the plan for today this is what you are working on then he goes to the stadium where he stops everybody and walks them through it like literally walks them you walk here when he is here you walk here all the simultaneous movements he walks them and then after that he starts training and then goes full speed so that is a training ground coach like that's a guy who sits on the coaching uh, on the field and tells them exactly what they want what he wants from every single player which is also why he is able to rotate players without losing it like there might be let's say uh, romario jesuraj is re- replaced by redeem redeem will give you something different from romario in terms of uh, position and things but on the other side of the spectrum defensively tactically they'll do what he wants to do because he's coached them we day in day out telling them exactly what he wants to play with i'm sure he'll make minor changes for you know different different uh, uh, what do you call it? different oppositions but this is this is what i've heard so that's what you expect from a coach like that i don't know if simach is the coach who does the same like i've seen this with carles also he used to do this uh i've seen him train not exactly like this but tell exactly what he wants and i hear great things about marco as well from uh, people so they are all training ground coaches we need but as a national team you can't have a training ground coach absolutely a, i i feel to have a man manager essentially i feel kind of are you sure because what we've seen from the players so far whenever they speak it's like okay you know he's a great motivator and so on but there's there's no real praise or there's no real documentation of whether he's actually taught them anything tactically or even helped them fit into his idea of a system you know like i understand that like you cannot have a philosophy like ferrando's trying to do at go or something it's not feasible for a national team right but there still has to be some level of tactics there still has to be some semblance of a system right like at least you train people a certain way to fit in a certain way even if it's basic that seems to be missing until maybe the last two three games and i think it's taken quite a while and given how the last game was you know i don't think we played as similarly as we did uh in bangladesh because you saw manveer's positioning that was very different uh on the bangladesh game you saw manveer dropping in and then you saw the right wing back going in this one the right wing back which was bk he played more as a defensive full back he wasn't really overlapping manveer played as a wide mid instead Uh, we were defending in what seemed to be a four-five-one at times, and it was more of Suresh who was going up, either taking up Manveer's position and Manveer going out wide, and it was it was quite different, I think. You know, even though the formation was the same, so I still have that feeling that not everything is sorted yet. You know, maybe it was just like to adjust to a match. I don't know, but the thing is, it didn't really work, which also throws off like a lot of people. Well, over the years. Yes, Aprishman, if you had wanted to add add on to that. Just, I was just saying in the sense that, uh, of course, uh, as a team, the national team does not have too much time to, as per se, train them, but uh, not that less also to, uh, you know, tactically uh, tell them what needs to be done for those set of games or for the team to click, you know, and. Uh, at the end of the day it's not like stimash doesn't have a core set of players like sandeep said we do have a core set of players so and they are they are uh, used to each other it's not like they're not used to each other at all it's not like everyone's uh, suddenly come into this team it's pretty much they know each other they know how they play and we it's it's it is a core set of players so uh, it's not completely down to the fact that you don't have time to tactically teach them anything at all all right but guys one thing that i inferred from everything that you guys had to say is is football education right and that is something that begins at the very grassroots when you're young and that is something that we've been lacking in india for a very long time age group football is more of a facade than anything else for the lack of better word 
it is only when you are at a club that that is playing say an ISL or an I League that you get some sort of a training or you get get an opportunity to correct your mistakes. But by then you are already set in your ways and it is difficult to change the ways that you are. And this brings me to the next question that another listener of us posted on Twitter. Trevor Pereira wanted to know why are we expecting good football from our national team when we do not have a proper grassroots structure to teach them young. Yeah, I, mean, I agree with him. <laughs> it's ridiculous uh, what we are doing here in in some sense because let's look at it objectively, right? Um, a player development. So I was reading some papers that were sent to me by some coach uh, about player development and grassroots development, and he was talking about how. Like you have to see it in in a sense that a player development and his dexterity and everything with his uh, limbs develops more or less by the time he is twelve or thirteen something like that. something like that he is the exact, I don't know the exact age pretty early so for your player to have a even a one eighty degree skill with the foot which is trap the ball pass with outside inside the in step with your toes everything all that needs to be developed quite early. Like for that, it has to be second nature. Like the hip movement, you know, the dropping shoulders and turning, and you know, half turn, receiving half turn. You can do drills on it, but these things are from a young age. It makes sense. Our coaches pick up kids when they are twelve, thirteen. There are players who have come through the ranks uh, who have never had coaching until they reached the high league or an ISL team. Which in itself is not bad, as long as he is, he was playing lots of football at the local level and all. But that he was an ecosystem vibrant enough to help that, other than say northeast uh, Goa to an extent, maybe Kerala, Punjab, uh, Karnataka has a league, so let's put it there as well. So this is it, right? These are the hubs. Uh, Kolkata, of course. I'm sorry, I forgot. Uh, these are the places that uh, develop players. So you need to look at it in the sense that. Are they doing enough here? And what about all the other places? Uttar Pradesh, Bihar, right. uh, Madhya Pradesh, uh, and Delhi. Delhi, yeah. Uh, Tamil Nadu also has a decent uh, right. footballing district. But the Chennai Super Division hasn't happened in years. Yeah. So there is absolutely no structure. So if I can slightly move this away from uh, this particular point, let's look. Every time they do something, there will be PIO debates. We get our citizenship rule. So just stop doing that. And the agents are the ones who are propagating this. People who need, who are going to benefit from this, are the ones who are doing it. If you ask any coach or administration in this in the country, they are not going to support it. And I've spoken to a few of them. So essentially, AIFF has a lot of money. FIFA gives them money. I think uh, maybe AFC FIFA give them few crores. Let's say right. around. Reliance has a deal through which they also get enough money in crores. So where is all this money going? The association levels are in the room where Shaji Prabhakar and Sir was there. They, get, they don't get anything. They don't get any money. Not a bit spent apparently on fifteen crores on ensuring the bubble and things of that nature. Uh, match commissioner, travel, you know, all these TD, all those things for referees and everything. Then uh, exposure tours for the kids. Who keep going on exposure tours? Not as much as we did during the under seventeen thing, but they continue to go on exposure tours. That's a thing. Yeah, yeah. Then interstate. These are the streams. Like then, then obviously, you know, all the logistical things and payments and stuff. But all right, but yeah. And then there are lots of money that is not going anywhere. Okay. At some point, uh, and they they even have uh, players have to be registered in a thing called hmm. central registration scheme. Right. I think it's a hundred and eighty rupees per player that you have to list. So that's fifty percent of it is for the FF, fifty percent is for the state. I think I'm not exactly sure. I think something like that. So that's how many players in this association register? Significant sum of money. But how much of it is coming back to help 
grassroots development, help conduction of league. There is no need to conduct uh, with the leagues for absolute parts. Lots of people got to having not played anything. Some people played it and managed to go to qualifiers. So they're just doing it. And why do we have an election? Kerala had an election. <laughs> State Assembly election. Bangalore had an election. You can't have a air cup election. I am fucking kidding me. It's just, uh, it's just, we need, we need a lot of change. Association accountable for Yes, uh, Sandeep just made a point there about the Indian Women's League, and that's something that uh, you have been following pretty closely. Yeah. How difficult is it, like, given that India is to host in Women's Asian Cup next year? The under 17 Women's World Cup is, is supposed to be in India, and then that's this is a situation that women's football finds itself in this country. Um, okay, uh, we can. Um... The association could organize the I-League qualifiers in a bubble. They could organize the I-League uh, in a bubble, but they cannot organize IWL in a bubble, which is a tw- essentially a 20-day tournament. So, like it's hard to digest. Yes, exactly. It's, it's just um, like I just can't understand. Like I don't understand what the exact problem is with that. If you can organize two men's tournaments, which are which are probably not the qualifiers, obviously, but uh, if you have if you can organize the I League, which was way longer than what you need for an IWL in the current uh, format, I don't see why you could not have an IWL. Right. You can have it now. I mean, the it, it's it's you know the cases are going down. You can have it now, but they are probably there's still. I mean, the last discussion that they had in a meeting was just uh, like a plan. They, they were trying to get a plan by having a meeting. I mean, I don't get it. I mean, everyone has ideas, right? I mean, you've been working, right. you have, you know, everything around it. So when you have a meeting, you discuss on what needs to be done, not what we can do. You, what Absolutely. Of ideas that you can anyway put on the table in a meeting and then figure out from that what you can you know execute and i don't see why it's so difficult to have the iwl if it's, it's as simple as you know uh, what uh, sandeep picked up if you see the aiff financial uh, report every year you will have tons of money being spent on exposure towards tons of money being spent on exposure towards when really that money can be used in actually you know, actual development if you uh, if you look at things like uh, what if you were really serious about development, uh, you know, wait for that to bear fruit. Put effort into that. Put real effort into that, and not just look for um, uh, you know revenue out of it every single financial year. You can't have that. You have a plan. When you set a plan, you should have a plan for at least 10 years and then keep going with that. You can't uh, just look at it like, oh, it didn't work this year, so we'll do something different next year. It doesn't work like that. If you have a plan, go for it. At least stick to it for some time before getting any sort of data out of it, whether how it's working and what's not working and what is working. You can't have a proper data in just a year. Absolutely. So you have to have a plan. The problem is people people here don't have a pro- plan for uh, grassroots. It's just very scattered. It's uh, the people who are actually trying to work on the grassroots and do not get enough help. So I mean, everyone can't burn a hole in their pockets. Right. Absolutely. Help from both associations. You need help from the AIFF. You need help from all sorts of quarters if you're trying to do something on the grassroots level. It, because uh, I mean, while it looks very easy for people uh, that you just you just have to have a few kids uh, play a few games, it's not as easy. You need to you can't if you especially if you're going in uh, places where uh, which are not financially very well, you need to provide kids with like everything. You need to provide kids every single to conduct a league or a tournament. So it's not that easy. Grassroots need 
a lot of help a lot of help and that is where the real development happens like we just talking about it if you don't develop players early um in the early age it, it's not going to change if you grow older it's very difficult i mean i as a person i mean we develop our habits right from uh, when we are kids right it's not like we get 17 and suddenly everything changes for us it's not like that you do develop habits when you're young so well changes like, happen after 17 but those are subtle कंट्री uh yes uh, roshan who wants wanted to know was in this timarch time where do his responsibility lie as the head coach of the team and where does the responsibility of the national and the state federations how do you divide this responsibility because you can't expect the uh, the national team coach to go to the grassroots and train those kids right that that should fall upon a, on the federation sorry okay yeah. slow please okay yeah Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so there is that line of questioning, which is reasonable. That you know, if Steamash is not getting these technically uh, skilled players for his national team, he cannot implement his style of football. That is true. Uh, I think where the responsibility of head coach lies is doing with the resources you are given. Uh, everybody knows that you know, barring maybe two, three players in the uh, men's national team, we do not have any technically gifted players. so you have to make do with that you have to you know base a system around that and what i think most people are annoyed of is the way he shocks responsibility in the sense of results you lose your sending shanmugam uh, venkatesh you know before a game you're giving excuses like oh afghanistan have players who playing in europe they're playing in semi pro leagues dude like as it's it's that intent you know like even if he goes out and says that okay we're going to give it our all in this match we we are disappointed with how it's been before you know if you're not running away from the reality that makes things a lot better people understand that you're not lying you're not you know running away from it so i think that is where the whole thing with steamash goes when the responsibility of national and state federations um grassroots which again falls down to the dof i suppose who i don't think isaac doru is with us now he's been he's got sacked i think or was it some termination yes, or yeah so that has to come clearly from state fa's side like you know as you said tamil nadu league has not been played uh, in quite a while so that that falls upon their fa's thing a certain part of it falls on to aiff whether they are allocating the right amount of budget to states are they helping um, you know are they helping the states with certain schemes and um it it goes with again just with women's football i think before the iwl was going to be conducted for delhi qualifiers or something they crammed up so many matches in a small amount of time and that is just pathetic planning honestly i think they even reduced the match time from 90 minutes to like 30 45 minutes i'm not sure and that's just not how you do things right so it's so yeah when you look at grassroots when you look at you know um the things that build up to the national team when we're looking at players and player development that is down to our federation the state fa's and when you're looking at handling of the national team be it media responsibilities or any sort of tactics that goes to the head coach in my opinion well sandeep this is something that we we've, we've been seeing uh, off late right with igor stimach this guy came in as a really good fellow when it came to treating the press or or having an image in the press he was always out there talking about himself the kind of football he wanted to play but in this last three matches his kataj thing guy has been a little hesitant he's come up with excuses and eventually did not Got turn up for the final uh, post-match press conference. Yeah, I mean, but <clears throat> I think uh, after the Qatar game also, maybe he didn't turn up for the press conference. I think that's what uh, Hashim said. Right. So let's. I'm not going to read too much into that. But although I would have loved to have a opportunity to talk as as a press, like uh, maybe later on also because you finished, you know, one round of qualifiers. So like that, but. Uh, Look, I can see a lot of people asking questions on the side about uh, Stimach and things. Yeah, yeah, I'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was going through them. Personally, uh, I think uh, we have moved slightly behind what Constantine's team was. If that is because India moved backwards or the rest of them moved forward, I am not sure. 
something but, happened yeah but if you stand still also you are going backwards essentially Correct. when you are in a rat race like god uh, where we are because right. you are going at the fact like and uh, to be to be fair to constantine he sort of made it like okay you know what we are not going to play any more games so that we don't lose our ranking points so that in the next round we will ensure that we get a good block here in that's Portland. a calculated risk there that's a calculated risk that he took uh, and credit to him he you know rigged the rigged the game which is fair <laughs> legally he rigged it and that that's fine so this time also i think we will be in pot 1 or pot 2 right. pot 1 i think pot 1 uh, if it's yeah so if that is the case we will get a reasonable draw in the next round but then you look at it he drew twice against uh, afghanistan i think uh, afghanistan was a better team in the last game we drew once against bangladesh which is because there were too many people on the crowd apparently and the next time we beat them there was no people on the crowd so there were some people in the crowd so so we so when you come up with like reasons or something i find it funny like you want people to come but then too many people are there so we'll uh, ration and send people out like uh, only 5000 to go today next 5000 next year when we come to play we'll go this, so these kind of excuses I, i'm not a big fan of and then there, i saw also uh, an interview where they said pass completion this year two five years ago is higher uh, number of short passes are higher uh, number of long passes accuracy is higher by 6% it is like probably one or two long passes uh, that affected so uh, these kind of things are these are things i feel you reach to sort of say that oh, we have improved but realistically speaking no sure, like they finished third which is fine like i think that way sure we had more points in last time all that is fine but uh, why are we always comparing it to the 5 years ago what happened 2 years ago we start from that as the baseline so in that sense like, i don't think that we've been a significant reason to be we almost made it to the knockouts but right minutes away from and uh, that also comes down to the fact that constantine said this powerful said this win government said this we don't have a long league we are not playing uh, our players are able to play for 60 minutes then after that we tire out and then we, they can't see the whole 90 minutes through all correct so this has been going from mid 2000 and we are still talking about the same thing uh, ah yeah, yeah, yeah our league is starting in november november to march november december january february march five now months. now it's june july august september october november another so five months five months now <laughs> to get to a league which is going to run for four and a half months and then already our league finishes in march so for, for most of them it finishes in february right so like what are, so you have to improve. this year we'll give them a pass it's a pandemic difficult situation sure but this is not a problem that we identified last year or the year before yeah. but and then again pandemic is not just a problem that india alone was facing no no but like uh, they had plans to make it a longer league have a 26 game 27 okay. game league or something and the all super right. cup at the end and all these kind of things so they would have had a longer league it was i think september was the initial plan obviously that's not going to happen didn't happen last year also so we'll give them a pass these two years but these are things have been identified years ago ah, years ago probably looking at uh, the uh, you know estimated uh, third wave uh, thing also like uh, <laughs> the third wave is expected in november or uh, september or something september october yeah. so mm-hmm. i think this putting past it when so all right yeah. so all makes right. sense right but then when in 2013 i think there was four i mean at some point i league i league started in 2007 so somewhere between i league and isl there were 14 teams 13 teams in the i, right. I league 14 teams and uh, up and down like i was li- re listening to novi kapadia's uh, podcast with national sports because okay. i was trying to pick up something from something mm-hmm. he said so he, and he was saying like uh, you need to have a fight you need to fight week in week out to earn something he was saying so that's there in part of a league if there is a 1 2 3 4 structure where everybody gets paid according to their position bottom right. people are trying to live off relegation we don't we don't have like if you are not in the top 4 you sort half midway through a season jamshedpur new Ah, uh, Rajasthan got last year new. You're not going to finish in top four. Right. What are you playing for? You're not going to get relegated. There is no significant change in money that you're getting. So you have to develop that every day. You have to fight every time you step in. You have to fight. And when was the last time we played a knockout game? 
where everything was on the line for that 90 minutes you have to focus do the thing under pressure when was the last time we played don't give me super cup nonsense nobody cared about super cup but uh, especially <laughs> in second round yeah it could probably be the federation cup the last federation cup yeah because they had an afc cup on the line right right so there was something there so what are we i mean we have to do this structurally a lot of things essentially but yeah simach to get back to the thing that we started i'm sorry i was ranting stimans used to yeah. it now but i i honestly i don't think how much uh, the federation believes in stimans because he gave him a, they gave him a contract till september which is neither here nor there why would you give them this what is happening in september third wave yes day <laughs> don't say bad things that what is this? expected third wave no no forget uh, we are talking about uh, tax waves <laughs> like in september i think is the draw right june july is next month 24 or oh, this month 24 play off right i'm not very sure when are that okay so which are so yeah, i mean even we want september because he was only playing in next year there's nothing in september uh, so, so why the three month extension and why not an extension till un- end of uh, unless unless because september has an international window and india is, if india is planning to play a few matches then that could be a reason i'm just speculating because there is an international window in september it's in monsoon yeah we have the icc when did we have it that was in june that, that's uh, during the june july window that's when we have the icc Oh, there is also IPL. That's probably why the seasons also push. Yeah, yeah, yeah. IPL is coming, right? So right, they need right. the window. Well, getting back to the conversation about the national team and the coaches. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, another question that has come from a handle that goes by the name RNB on YouTube. The question is uh, more of a statement where uh, he goes, he, she, where the person is, goes on to say that we actually had an identity when Constantine was here, and that was something that he built upon over the. over his tenure with the national team it felt like we are moving forward but right now where we are where, what is the identity of this team do we have an identity or are we still in search of this identity we are in transition kbfc <laughs> transition forever yeah there is a team in transition forever no attacking transition no defensive transition just like squad transition that's it <laughs> something needs to transition <laughs> <laughs> well guys moving on asian cup qualifiers uh, third round of the qualifiers and there is Ro- roshan who asked us on twitter which constellation do you think would be the toughest to qualify for the asian cup i am assuming he is asking about the groups so i have pulled up a few i pulled up the pots that uh, will be divided on uh, for the qualification draw and it goes like this So India, like Sandeep mentioned earlier, will be in Pot One. But if you look at Pot Two, Pot Three, Pot Four, yeah, uh, these were based on the latest rankings. So that is the rankings they are using. Hmm. So, but you, if you look at Pot Two, Pot Three, and Pot Four, there are some really difficult teams there. Kuwait in Pot Three, yeah, yeah, and and, and there is a reason behind it because Kuwait has been banned yeah, between two thousand eight and twenty eighteen. The ten years they have been banned on and off because hmm. of which they couldn't play international football because of which their rankings have dropped. And they find themselves in pot three. You look, Kuwait is in pot three. Afghanistan is there. Pot two, you have Malaysia teams like well. Tajikistan, Turkmenistan, and so I don't think this could be an easy way. Or India will really have to play out of the skins. Yeah, I mean, look, we couldn't uh, beat Afghanistan and Bangladesh. So I am not going to count my chickens uh, before they hatch. Abhishek Mira, what do you make make of the draw whenever it comes out? Like some really difficult teams in the other three pots as well, apart from pot one in which India is. Given the way we play and given the level that we are uh, at, there is no easy draw for India. No easy draw. It can never be. I mean, like Sandeep mentioned, we struggle to beat uh, Bangladesh, Afghanistan. There are Southeast Asian countries which are way ahead of us now. So I mean, there is going to be no easy uh, draw for India. It's all going to be difficult only. Like you yourself said, I mean, they're going to have to play out of their skins to uh, qualify. I mean, that's pretty clear given the way. I mean, if there is something that can be improved by the time the qualifiers come, so that, I mean, that is uh, different. 
but uh, given uh, like from what uh, performance they showed uh, in the, you know the world cup qualifiers right now and say your friendlies and everything else in the past uh, year or so um you it's not like uh, it, everything is going to be difficult. it's very clear all right just a refresher before before we want to the next topic uh six groups that's what this uh, round 3 of the asian cup qualifiers will look like these teams will be divided into six groups of four teams each with the group winner directly qualifying for the 2023 asian cup and the five best second place team so even if india finish second there is a very good chance of qualifying but india needs to finish at least second which seems like a really, really, looks like a difficult task as of now but guys moving on to a few more questions that we have got from our listeners and this has got more, more to do with the expenses that clubs mount and the expense that a league like an ISL always puts on the club we have yeah here you go you have charwak who wanted to know with mounting losses at what point do you think that some financially weak clubs will go with an all indian or almost all indian starting 11 we have seen this happen in the i league But is this a reality? Yeah, is is this a reality that we'll be seeing in the ISL as well going ahead? In the ISL, no. No. Right. ISL, no. <laughs> we have to stop looking at ISL as the be all end all here, first of all, because look at Shillong. For years, they were representing Shillong, that area. in the you know uh, in the i league which is the first division at that time and uh, the players like we spoke to eugene in the last podcast he said players had a uh, something to look forward to oh i can play for shillong i can play for rangdijay i can play for you know any neroka or or aizol gokulam real kashmir these clubs have roots in that place right where they've worked so long shillong's a team that's been there for a while for a quite a long time so these teams have a lot of importance in the national structure so when you look at a chingaweng or a like uh, look at who finished second trao so trao finished second in the i league last time four years ago they were playing in the second division i saw them play i remember mm-hmm. falguni singh from that time so he now is going on a bumper deal to an isl team because he had the opportunity to go up step by step and reach at a level where he's going now to finally make money you've seen this happen all like if anybody tells you this is a homegrown player in isl that's a lie correct they have all been grown elsewhere and they've brought in now mm-hmm. there is i mean these clubs have only been there for 6 7 years how can you develop a full player in that time so we have it's a very real thing to who been to financially clubs are messed up if aizol had gone down i don't think they would have come back i don't know what's going to happen with chennai city if they had gone down uh, maybe they would have preferred to stay in uh, a lot of the second division teams are not really keen on moving up or they will move up because the financials and logistics will increase but what is the return if they finish first if you get a promotion to the first division no if you do you get the money that you are owed in some time because we have seen that uh, the isl i league champions have gone on the records that we haven't got our prize money mm. so uh, we have to make sure that these clubs live and when you talk about development of football and everybody goes around saying oh we have improved blah 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 how many teams shut down in the last 10 years pune who was supposed to be the most uh, what is it the professional team before bfc came shut down in 3 years i think 3 or 4 pune city fc shut down then uh, delhi bharat fc delhi yeah. shut down uh, the goan clubs went back they preferred yeah. to go back to the local leagues right so these are institutional clubs like look at east bengal at the moment because they desperately wanted to climb up uh, they did the deal now they are not signing the agreement isl have i, I thought they would prop them up but apparently they are not that keen on doing it so they have to do it now they have to find money they have to pay off all the debt that they owed to the players they have no money now they are struggling so what are we going to see sir are they going to sustain the kind of expenditure that goes with an isl team are they going to go back to the i league what's going to happen we don't know so this is this is east bengal huh? one of the most historic teams in the country right who does not have the financial backing whether it's because of the people running the club or whatever it may be but like people clubs go down dude like it happened millwall shut down right or yep. bari recently shut down bichum bhutia used to play for bari 
clubs will fall dude. like if you don't get the money yeah, I mean, like, oh sorry. <laughs> something i just like to add something to what sandeep uh, mentioned i mean i was uh, in shillong uh, earlier this year and if you actually speak to uh, people who were who have worked in um, the system or who are still in the system i mean they talk about how um, you have seen uh, the you know the number of players uh, Good, very good players coming out of uh, the state reduced over a period of time because uh, they don't have uh, an institution to look forward to. They don't have as many uh, clubs very well functioning in order for them to keep developing. They also have to move out of the state, which becomes very difficult for them. So uh, it, you just. see it if you see it in that light it's just really sad because earlier you used to have so many players coming from meghalaya and now people talk about just five or six very good players that they can you know uh, they have at the tip of their fingers so i mean it, it is down to i mean if you don't uh, let community clubs thrive you will see football dying in the country eventually because uh, you can't have just the top you need to have the roots um yeah yeah in conjunction with this does isl allow teams to play with no foreigners i don't think so right there's a minimum number which was 5 and now i think it's 4 or something and i think it's telling of how the top federation uh, top league also needs to be accommodative of clubs who want to have a sort of system which is more indian centric i understand that um they don't want clubs to just fall back and like you know take performances completely down and not be competitive because you know right now there's no relegation so like i can i can imagine maybe two or three clubs which which would just opt for that and save money so i understand isl side of it as well but i think as long as that rule persists um you know you you like practically you can't just look at that avenue maybe after promotion relegation comes in and then you know they realize that okay clubs have something to fight for as sandeep had said um then maybe you know not only can they shoulder that responsibility but then they can also think about how they want to manage their finances and the consequences that come with it all right guys since we are talking about promotion relegation and football structure in the country there's rnb who's asked one more question uh, the question goes uh, what is the year that the promotion will start and do you think it will actually happen who are you asking anyone can answer the question it's an open forum <laughs> I think ten years, no? That was a deal, right? I think yeah, twenty two, twenty three. That was yeah. That is ten years from the start of ISL, right? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, in some sense, I hope uh, Star deal, maybe in a different format, stays because mm-hmm. Star has done a great job packaging and showing and putting it on prime time, Indian football on prime time. When you remember, Navin, we used to uh, miss the game, so Navin and I used to stay together. <laughs> Uh, when he was in Bangalore, and we used to miss the games, Ili games, because obviously we are working in the afternoon. And then we would come back at ten thirty, eleven in the night, and we'll be sitting and watching the games because with no promotion, it is in star ten sports or ten something. Yeah, ten sports. That channel only is doesn't exist, I think now. They've so rebranded it, okay? Yeah, yeah. So it's just uh, we didn't know it was happening, dude. Like there was no pre-match show, post-match show. There was no analysis. There was no discussion. So separately, all of which Star has done, and whatever said and done, Star is phenomenal in uh, taking care of their product. Because you see what they've done with IPL, right. which is already done at a very high level, and how much they have increased uh, its viewership with the dugout and well, things like that. Yeah, in that sense, even uh, the Kabaddi League, for that matter, it is yeah. their product and the way they are. They do a great job. Absolutely. So uh, some way, I hope it continues, but there has to be some money going to the clubs. maybe not like uh, like the broadcasting rights in europe but in some way shape or form they need to get a trickle down umbrella payment of some kind for sure otherwise they can't sustain i think this is something that shavra wanted to know a question that i have uh, flashed on the screen now when do you expect the sasbuch deal to end and can we have commercial rights sale happening uh, but the way it looks like right doesn't look like a possibility right i think they'll hold on to it even if there is a sale but will there be a sale because if a sale happens then the trickle down effect happens but star has investment in it right as i understand 
Han, which is a 10 year which which is another again a 10 year deal which will end with the 10th year of the is right then the entire renewing process has to come about and could be ah, a renegotiation was there a bidding process there was a bidding process for proca bid right yeah there was with star again bid yeah. out bid so and something like that because at the end of the day if you look at it in another way star has 1 2 3 4 5 6 channels plus all the promotion channels. channels plus yeah. the hd versions of each channel so they need things to show also right so they need content and you in sport you can't keep showing uh, highlights of the 94 sharja and all like that that doesn't work you need fresh I, content i'll sit and watch that too i mean i will also watch it because we are weird like that but not everybody can <laughs> do that like cricket show you can watch it like are you going to watch uh, uh, some random game from 2004 between uh, two clubs Who, which you know the result too. Like I much watched the final of a Federation Cup or a Nehru Cup, but yep. like the league game only, not going to watch. No, no, no. So last year's game only, nobody watches. So then Shlok does come on. You can't do that. Shlok watches every single game. Everyone. Dude, I have to say this to Shlok. I'm not. Uh, that dashboard has been phenomenal, man. I I really That's like good. it because now you can't uh, say that our crossing has been significantly more than last year and escape. Because now people have the tool to go and check and say you crossed, but where the fuck did you cross to? <laughs> so I am very like I know we had a talk about this, and you said you are working on this. It's come out phenomenally well, dude. Like giving power back to the masses. Well done. That's going to be one more soon. All right. Oh, then we're waiting for that. One last question before we wrap up, guys. Anyone can answer this before I flash the question. The question has got more to do. I why is the question not flashing? Yes, yes, the question. Also, why do you think even the professionally run ISL club have a lackluster approach to basic things like merchandise shop? Slope, do you want to answer this? Sure. Um, as far as I know, there's not a lot that ISL clubs can sell as their own merchandise to begin with, apart from jerseys and a few things here and there. Um, also, who's going to buy it? Like yeah. apart, apart from Kerala Blasters and two legacy clubs, I don't see any right. clubs who will have like an ardent fan base that's going to go out and buy, you know, every other item under the sun. Being a Mumbai City FC fan, I have only seen interest from us for jerseys, scarves, polos. Mm-hmm. That's about it. Not right. even caps or mugs. So, where is the incentive going to come from? Like, why would the club produce these items if no one's going to buy them? Well, Shlok, beware! West Block Blues are coming at you. Oh, oh! Yes, <laughs> 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 to be fair to them, they have done a great job merchandising whatever they can. But I want to ask you, Slok, how much does a, a Mumbai City jersey sell for now? Uh, so ha, before before CFG three hundred, after yeah. CFG it was two point eight k, all Puma made and all. But then that's because they produced it in Hong Kong or something, and BFC yeah, was produced in India. So I think if they produce ours in India, then it'll be like one point four, one point five k. Yeah, मुझे मेरे fitting का मिलता ही नहीं है यार. So how much is it now? Two point eight. Two point eight. Yeah. Yeah. So, how many people are going to spend that money to buy a jersey? I think thirty, forty odd people, maybe more. I'm not sure. I myself haven't bought one. I'm buying That's next season. That's not merchandising, dude. That is like. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm. I myself didn't buy it, dude. I'm buying next season. Like, I can't afford this. What kind of fan are you, though? <laughs> how much is an Indian football jersey? Thousand. One thousand ish. Yeah. Thousand. So, hundred. Mumbai City costs more than an Indian jersey. Of course, India doesn't play in ACL, right? Oh, you! Oh my God! <laughs> Even you haven't played there yet. Okay, right? <laughs> Bragging much here? <laughs> yeah, Prashmina, go on. No, no. I was just saying that uh, overall, I think just like what uh, Shlok mentioned, I mean, who's really going to buy it? I mean, there's there's actually a lack of interest in terms of having. Uh, that sort of merchandise i mean uh, you in shillong you don't actually i mean i tried finding a shillong lajong jersey and i just couldn't get it they don't produce it anymore the stores don't have it they are like we don't have anything so it's like just it, it's a difficult proposition i mean it it is it comes from both it comes from you know production and demand so i mean i'm not sure how uh, that channel really works right now all right all right and last bit before we start i saw also I was trying to get Izol. I called people in Izol, working in Izol for a jersey. I couldn't get it. Maybe, hopefully, it's only because of the. You can't even uh, find Mexican Trau uh, jerseys and play. Trau, yeah, yeah. When yeah. last bit, uh, RNB wanted to know when the promotion will start. I, I don't think we have an answer to that. But I don't think. You know, 
yeah it will happen somewhere close to the kick and the when the season starts which is in november so expect something in the back end of october probably what promotion promotion for the league oh okay yeah i think I, so i am just looking at the next four months and thinking what is there to talk about and do shows with <laughs> so there is uh, afc cup yeah mm, oh that's, yeah that's oh, it yeah. i think end of the cup is happening afc cup like it's end of june and early july yeah oh, it's that. coming of course it is. i for, i forgot all about it bro like no, this is this, this is what happens when mumbai doesn't play yeah <laughs> yeah you don't remember this yeah <laughs> <laughs> well guys i think don't decide all the questions i thought there were more that's it huh? yeah yeah that's all for the questions like i've uh, jotted down all the questions that no, we people. got mm-hmm. so i think that's all for the, today's episode thanks a lot for joining in guys